Welcome to Transformation Nation with your hosts, Jason Krantz and Jordan Morrow. Whether in your personal life, family, career, or more, each of us has the power to transform. Our episodes are designed to help empower everyone to transform into the person that they want to be. Jump into this episode to learn how you can become who you want to become. Hey everybody, how you doing? Jason Krantz here with my great friend Jordan Morrow. Jordan, how you been, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. We're we're getting snow in Utah. Ski resorts are happy. I I'm crying a little bit. I'm a trail runner, so that means my trails won't be as passable. But we're doing great, man. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, you know what? I am really excited because our guest today is someone that actually inspired me to take the first steps in my entrepreneurial journey. Our guest today is Kara Golden. Kara is amazing. She's the founder and CEO of Hint. They're best known for their award-winning Hint Water. It's the leading unsweetened flavored water in the market. In addition to that, she has received numerous accolades, including being named the Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017 for Northern California and was one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50. I mean, how can you not like that award title? <laughs> uh, previously, Kara uh, was the, uh, the VP of Shopping Partnerships at America Online. She hosts the podcast at Kara Golden Show. Her first book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Downer, Doubters, was released in uh, 2020 this year, uh, October, and is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. I'm telling you, you've got to go get that book. It is amazing. I've read it. Amazing. Uh, and Carol lives in the Bay Area with her family. So, Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate all the kind words. Very nice. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, as I said, you, you were somebody I've followed for a long time. And you really do have a fascinating transformational story. You know, um, you've actually called yourself an accidental entrepreneur. And, you know, I'm curious, what do you mean by that? And how do you think it impacted your path to taking hint to where it is today? Well, I never dreamed of being an entrepreneur. You know, we always think back on life and especially when you build something that is, uh, I guess, uh, known, right, hint now for, for many people. And and I feel like that is, uh, you know, people think, oh, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Did you have a really bad time in, in tech? And that's why you decided to start your own company. Did you always think that you always, that you never wanted to work for any people? And that wasn't me at all. What really caused me to start this company was when I was trying to actually get healthy and figure out what it was that was preventing me from get he getting healthy. I was somewhat surprised that it was this thing that I had been drinking for many years, diet soda, diet Coke in particular. And I had been, you know, every day waking up and, and having multiple cans of diet soda and suddenly woke up, you know, many years later and couldn't actually get healthy when I wanted to get healthy. I'd gained a bunch of weight. I had developed terrible adult acne as well. And also my energy levels had really dropped significantly. And I'd been looking at different diets and foods and uh, trying to, you know, really solve it that way because I felt like it must be somewhere in, in you know, what I'm eating. But nowhere did I actually think that I should be looking at what I was drinking. And then finally, when I 
saw the ingredients that were in my diet soda, that's when I decided, gosh, maybe I should just give it a try and just put it to the side. I knew I always should drink water, but I wasn't drinking water. So I was, uh, you know, drinking diet soda instead thinking, oh, there's water in there somewhere. (laughs) And, uh, and then I, uh, and then two and a half weeks later of swapping it out for, you know, just drinking water, uh, rather than my diet soda, I lost 24 pounds. Um, I, yeah, I mean, significant. And, my energy levels were higher and, and uh, no longer had adult acne. And that's when I, I kind of lived this way for a year, just sort of stunned by what had happened just by changing that one little thing. And again, I, I had been in tech before. I wasn't, um, I wasn't in the beverage industry. So I was sitting there, you know, thinking about how many other people are, drinking diet soda or maybe these enhanced waters like vitamin mm-hmm. water or something else thinking that they're actually doing something good for their health mm-hmm. and and again you look at how big these numbers are for these industries or these categories within these industries and it just was sad to me more than anything else that I just thought people actually are willing to spend money in getting healthier yet when it's not working they don't actually try and figure out if it's them versus or if it's something else like a catalyst of some sort like a diet sweetener versus themselves they blame Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and and so again sort of big thinking still didn't actually think that that was that i had the ability to actually go start a company because i hadn't done anything in the in you know consumer products and in the beverage industry i had really grown up in in tech but when i decided just as kind of a you know just to entertain myself i guess a little bit to just go see if i could get a product on the shelf at whole foods that's when this whole thing started wow that is unbelievable so I'm going through that process right now and, and, and I share the story because I can empathize a little bit with the challenge that goes in there and that, um, you know, we're creating a RV market forecast for the retail market. It's a market I knew nothing about, had no connections in, nothing, but you saw an opportunity. We saw an opportunity to make a difference there. Um, you know, one, one of the questions kind of as a quick follow-up to that is, is just what was it like kind of going down that path and starting that journey? I mean, you're going into an industry where, you're going against behemoths and there's a lot of, uh, I guess you say industry norms. Um, how'd you end up cracking that code? What was that journey like? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I look back on how I was feeling when I left America online, I was running their e-commerce and shopping partnerships for seven years and it was a lot of fun. And especially in the beginning when it was really growing and I was, it was sort of, you know, unknown territory and we were seeing significant growth. So that was super exciting. But after seven years, the growth was starting to level off. It wasn't tanking, but it was, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't as exciting and I wasn't learning as much. Instead, I was in a management position where I had a couple hundred people working for me. And I felt like every single day I was was more in a position of mother may I, where I really wasn't Mm -hmm. learning. And so 
again, had hit pretty significant goals. I had three young kids at that time at home under the age of four. And, you know, when the United Airlines pilot actually knew my name because I was, you know, (laughs) getting on the, on the plane every Monday morning and he's like, Hey, Kara, what's up? And, and, you know, I'm just like asking my friends to the United Airlines pilots know your name. It's just, it's just weird. And it's just not normal. <laughs> and so that's when I really decided, okay, I got to change things up a little bit. And it was a billion dollars in revenue day. Well, so I said, okay, now I'm going to, I think, go home and, and be a mom. Cause that's why I had kids. I wanted to do that. And I, and so I took a little bit of time off to, to do that. And, um, and that was, you know, also a learning experience. I always say to new parents that, you know, one, a, a great time in my life where I really felt stupid was when I actually had to figure out how to put a diaper on. Like I had, <laughs> it's a very different situation when, you know, you're babysitting versus your own child, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to be, as my husband and I used to say, you don't want to be the one that gave your child diaper rash, right? Like, and, you know, so you can't cut corners. You you don't want to have any accidents and, and sort of be on the hook for, um, so, so that was a time when, you know, very competitive people, I think really relate to, to this. You want to be the perfect diaper changer, but, yeah. but again, it, it was, it was at a time when I felt like I was open to learning, but I didn't know how to learn and I didn't define it as, you know, an ex- like something that I wanted to go do. And I think for me, whenever I said, oh, I want to go learn, it was, oh, go back to business school mm-hmm. or go. Right. Like, and, mm-hmm. and that's, and, and I think when I stumbled upon this problem related to my own health, but also this industry that I knew nothing about sounds very similar to what you went through. It was just really exciting. And, and yeah. frankly, there were, there was stuff that went on, including the fact that at points like our product would get thrown out in that first year by someone, probably one of the big beverage companies or maybe small beverage companies. But again, there were like these games and tricks that kind of pissed me yeah, off a long yeah. way, but I couldn't really figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, I just thought, well, that's sort of crazy. Why is that happening? I need to jump in and learn a little bit more. So I bring this up because what I, I think that the thing that was most exciting to me was, was that, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I kept learning every single day. And you have to understand too, that most of my friends were in tech at that time working at, you know, Google, they were just starting at Google and I don't know, they were, they were like, what are you doing? You should come, you should come like or go interview at Google. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this beverage company and <laughs> I'm, I'm like going into whole foods today and bringing cases out of the back room. And I, I mean, I, I was not, a popular person to hang out with, right? They were, tra- they were trying to figure out, and then I'm trying to figure out how to put on the perfect diaper. I mean, it's just, right? Like it's just, That was my, that was me. And it was pathetic. I mean, in so many, on so many levels, right? But for whatever it's worth, I was engaged because yeah. I was learning on, and I was happy. And now I, I go as far as to talk about, I think that a lot, of what we talk about today around happiness and, you know, mental health and, and mm-hmm. lots of other things. It, it, like one 
checkbox is, are you learning? Right. Yes. I think so much of the time yes. people, you know, they call it stuck in a rut or right. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're doing the same thing every single day. Maybe they're going on to a zoom screen and, you know, and they're telling their people that they're managing this, this, like, are you learning? Yeah. Cause if you're not learning, that could be something that you just want to check in on. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why um, Jordan and I started this podcast was us. We, we have an insatiable appetite for learning and growth. Uh, with that comes discomfort, but also comes doubt at times. And your your new book, uh, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, uh, you, you talk about this. You know, Jordan and I say frequently, growth happens when we move outside of our comfort zone. And totally. often, in, uh, yeah. And often when we do that, we come across doubt either from ourselves or others. The story you just shared was doubt from your friends, potential doubt from yourself, doubt from others in the industry that this is a viable product offering, right? You were first first in that product category, bringing something new to market. So doubt's everywhere. Now, I know for me as an entrepreneur, while you know I'm confident in what we have and I know it's good, there's still moments of doubt, both internally and externally. And so you know, tell us about the book and, and, and what's an example of a doubt or a doubter you overcame. You already kind of gave us an overview, but is there anything specific? Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, part of the reason it, it well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I'm an accidental author as well. Cause I never <laughs> intended to write a book. I have friends. I actually, a friend actually just reached out to me last week and said, Oh, I've always wanted to write a book and look at my website. And he has like, a couple of things on his website, his bucket list, and that is to be an author. And I said, first of all, like that, I didn't, it was never on my bucket <laughs> list at all to be an author. I mean, I, that's amazing that it's on yours, but just, it was just never on mine. I mean, I, this for me was a journal and I just kept writing these stories primarily because I was out public speaking on building my company and, you know, being a female entrepreneur and all these different stories along the way that I would share, I felt like th that this was really an opportunity for me to, to, you know, really write them down and talk about them and come up with new stories when I would get questions at the end of a keynote, for example, from the audience. Yeah. And so anyway, the four years I was writing and put it all down on paper. And then I was up to like 600 pages uh, about a year and a half ago. And finally, I asked a few of my friends who are authors, I said, so how would I go about like finding this book and getting it out? Mm -hmm. to people? And I didn't even call it like published or anything. I mean, I, I was really kind of clueless about really how you go about, you know, what, what is the process? I had heard of whatever Harper Collins and Simon and Schuster, but I had no idea exactly how that process worked. And so finally a friend um, said to me, well, you should talk to somebody who's an agent. And I'm like, well, what does an agent do in this process? And, mm -hmm. and you know, and then I talked to her and then she said, well, typically we've, we've got, uh, you've got to have an outline. And I said, well, I don't know, like an outline sounds really hard. I've already written 600 pages. And so can mm -hmm. we go and talk to some of these different publishing houses? And so some of the publishing houses were not open to, by the way, to sort of looking at what, how the way I did it, um, mm -hmm. which is 
the story of being an entrepreneur too. It's like, you know, there's a lot yeah. of different ways to do things. And um, anyway, but point of me telling you the story is that, um, you know, I ended up getting this book deal and, and, uh, and what I, as I was narrowing the stories down from, you know, 600 pages to a couple of hundred pages, what I felt like was there were so many less about how you do it, but more about here's how I did it. And some of these things are super crazy. And I definitely had doubts and doubters and fears and failures along the way. But I felt like if I could actually get many of these stories out there and share them with people, then they it would help them to move forward, to recognize that they're not alone. I, you know, I think that being an entrepreneur, especially if you're launching a new category and mm -hmm. versus, you know, just launching a company, that's one thing. But if you're, yeah. if you're launching a new category or if you're the only one in your category or hands down the leader in the category, that's like attaching Everest to mm -hmm. your company because you've got to educate oftentimes buyers or oh yeah um or the press or uh consumers right to actually get caught up to you and so um so anyway it's it's super hard and i felt like frankly exactly what we've done with hint that if i could actually help a lot of entrepreneurs people thinking maybe they want to be an entrepreneur student mm -hmm. that you know these entrepreneurs, although they might be unicorns and taking their company public and godlike or what, however you want to view them, if you, it, it, we hear about those people and then we hear about the failures. And I've always felt like the stories in between are where the best lessons are. Yeah. And so if I could share that, then I would. I would get a lot of gratitude, right? Out of, mm -hmm. out of being able to help people. And I have to tell you, like since launching October 20th, if I would have known that launching a book, everybody told me, oh, a book will be great because it'll expand your business hint, and, you know, and people will know more about you and your business. And that's happened. But in addition, I feel like I've heard from so many people, like keep these stories coming. Yeah this is amazing. Like what you're talking about is authentic leadership. We need yeah. more of this. Like this is ultimate, we need to see the warts and, you know, hear about like the failures and how you resurfaced. And it's, it's super interesting. If you look on my LinkedIn in particular, I mean, there's a lot of like CEOs and major leaders and, you know, VCs and, and cause I don't hold back on a lot of these <laughs> stories and there's, and, and I've had people reach out to me say, thank you, because I don't think that people who are in whatever senior level, godlike successful positions, right. Mm -hmm. Actually intend on not talking about yeah. this stuff. But they just don't know how to be authentic, right? As crazy yep. as that sounds, yep. it's like it, it's. I, I mean, even talking about. I mean, I'm on social media. I'm pretty, you know, like it is what it is kind of attitude. And <laughs> I mean, there's times where, you know, I've got 
my four kids and three of them are in college now, one's in high school. And, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll bring up stuff that, that they've said to me, like, and again, I'm not disclosing everything in the world. Like it's not, you know, a reality TV show, although sometimes it feels like it, but it, <laughs> but you know, it, I think that more and more it's you, it, I think that you gain more respect, more respect by mm -hmm. just being real. And, yep. and telling people that, you know, not every day is perfect. Um, I mean, people have asked me for years, especially since I have four kids. And like I said, launched this company, you know, with at the time when I was leaving AOL, I had three kids. I, I got pregnant with my fourth when I had made a commitment to myself to launch Hint. So I have four kids under the age of six. And along the way, I mean, I, people would ask me in interviews, like, oh my gosh, like, what's it, what's it like to, you know, have four kids and launch a company? And I'm like, it is freaking hard. And it depends. <laughs> your kid has like hand, foot and mouth and strap. And then your other kid like breaks his leg, like, you know, on a, on a day that you have like an interview with the Today Show. It's, <laughs> I mean, you're done. Right. And you have to, yeah own it and you have to and not say oh everything's perfect let me just go on it's like no you're like this is it you should just go to bed and not and not right but yep. i it's sad that more people don't talk about that stuff or say oh they're they're out of commission for a day they had something else i'm i actually say to people it's really bad like it's craziness right mm -hmm. so yeah. and i think that kind of stuff really it, we, we're living in a place where um, in a day and time when when I think that because you've got more information and, and access to more information, that that's what consumers expect. And mm -hmm. they want to see that these people are real. That, and that yeah. doesn't mean doing like a dance on on um, TikTok, right? Like it, it means actually being yourself and and. I think that that's such an important piece in, in ultimately growing a brand and gaining respect. I love it. And, you know, Jordan, I know you wanted to ask a question, but really quick, one thing I want to share is that's the reason why your book just connected with me, because I take a very similar philosophy. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about the good, but let's talk about the bad, because on the journey to grow that like you said, um, for what we're doing, we're, we're brand new to the industry. Nobody's ever done. So we are the fullback. And like you said, all of the pain and challenges that come with educating a market, you know, making it's the, the argument we get is, Hey, you know what? We've ran our business and industry fine for forever without this stuff. Why do we need it now? Right. So it's, it's the education. It's all the process that goes along with that. But it, at a higher level, as you said, it's just, it's hard doing this stuff. And, you know, I spent uh, about 14 years in the corporate environment, um, similar path to you in terms of, I was ascending up the leadership um, side of the, uh, equation. And then you step out on entrepreneurship and you think you're ready for it. And in, in the analogy I use is it's a lot like having a kid. You can read all the books and you can mm -hmm. do all that stuff. But as soon as they put that tiny human in your arm, guess what? The baby didn't read the book. So the baby yeah. doesn't really care. The baby's like, yeah, I don't, I don't care if it said this, this, or this. And kind of um, I was having dinner, uh, you know, with a friend, a virtual dinner with a friend, uh, and we were just, you know, grabbing some drinks, talking. He goes, what's it like being an entrepreneur? He's like, you want to know? I go, about 10% of the time, I feel like I've got things figured out. The remaining uh, 90%, 
I either don't feel like I don't know what the hell that I'm doing or I'm off track somehow. But the thing is, is that 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 feeling of uncertainty kind of in the theme of growth, right? Anytime you grow or learn, you've got these feelings that at times you don't know what the hell you're doing. And yeah. I would argue that is uncomfortable. That is not fun. But guess what? After a while, that becomes a path that you've worn and now it is familiar, much like your story of extending yourself into this new industry setting. And so I just wanted to share that that story because I can I'm living it right now in terms of I'm much earlier in my journey. But I'm seeing these things. And to your point, I agree. I think real conversation, talking about the good, but more importantly, talking about the bad, talking about the struggles, because that journey, these journeys are never easy. And anybody who says otherwise is, you know, they're selling snake oil. But Jordan, sorry, I'm monologuing here, buddy. I know you. Oh, dude, you're great. You're great. No, I, I, I'm with you. Um, very much. I have five children and anybody who says, oh, it's a cakewalk or anything. I love your candid honesty. I think it's needed. Um, but I wanted to ask a really specific question on, on the word undaunted, because it's not one that's used as often, but for me, it's, it's a brilliant chosen word because when you look at how often people say, be fearless, have courage, this and that. But when you read, like I, I pulled up the definition, Google definition of undaunted, and it says not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. I actually like to focus on the last word because uh, entrepreneurialism, if I say that right, is full of disappointment. And it, it makes it so, I love that you called yourself an accidental entrepreneur, right? It's not something that we sit here and say, I'm just going to do this. Some people have that. Um, some people have this, that, that part of them, um, but you stumbled in it, you said, or, or you, you found yourself finding or needing to find a solution for something. And I loved when you said, it's the middle ground when you're going to learn the most, right? We can all look to Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg where quite literally their ideas and everything coincided with needs and things that could just blow up. But it's the middle ground where we learn a lot. So if you can kind of expand a little on, on why you chose undaunted. So it says, what, what the, the question I want to ask is, what does it mean to you to be undaunted? Why did you choose that word? And then when you think about it from the middle ground perspective, what would be that overarching message to the reader using that word. Yeah. Them. So there's a couple of things. First of all, I, I think it's definitely uh, just going out and trying and that, and that's really the, you know, kind of the key to the kingdom to really uncover and not be intimidated, not, you know, just be stopped. Right. It's, it's funny when you mentioned Jeff Bezos, I have a Jeff Bezos story that, that I, was actually cut out of the book. I've talked about it a couple of times, but when I was, do you want to hear it actually? Oh yeah, of course. Because I think it's one that not a lot of people, uh, not not a lot of people, I don't know why it got cut out of the book. There was a lot of good content. I mean, I've got book two already (laughs) in there, but the Jeff Bezos story was, I was at, uh, at America online and we were the way that I viewed my role was I managed the e-commerce and shopping partnerships. And so we had all these different categories. So we had, you know, the Nordstrom's and, um, and J Cruz and LL beans. And then we had this record store tower records was running a lot of the records way back when, mm-hmm. and we were missing this opportunity with books. And so I don't know if you guys remember, but there were these, 
this big bookseller borders um, that we had met with and we were trying yep. to get borders to work with us. And Barnes and Noble was really the big behemoth um, out there and they didn't want to work with us at AOL. They had sort of their own ideas about what they were going to do. And so I'd heard about this guy, Jeff Bezos up in, this is 1996 up in um, Seattle. And I lived in San Francisco and so I reached out to him and emailed him and said, Hey, we're, you know, looking for somebody to partner with us on books. And I've heard you're doing some great stuff again, so tiny compared to, I mean, it's crazy to think about it right now. Right. But mm -hmm. so tiny compared to border borders and Barnes and Noble. And so we said, sure, I'll, I'll talk to you guys. And this is when, by the way, for those of you who don't remember this uh, border, I mean, sorry, Amazon was just books back then. And so fly up on my southwest flight up to seattle and and i get this address from jeff that uh you know this is where he's going to be he's going to be at his warehouse and so i'm driving around i have a colleague with me and we're it's like five o'clock we he wouldn't meet with us before five o'clock because he had a lot of work to do and so i get there it's like driving driving it's 5 15 i'm fine i'm late so i pick up my phone and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I cannot find your place. And he's like, well, I can't meet with you. And I, I said, why? And he said, because, I mean, I, I know I'm late. I just, there's no addresses anywhere on any of these warehouses. I can't figure out where you are. And he said, well, I got to build bookshelves tonight. So if, uh, you know, you're, we're going to have to reschedule. I said, seriously, I, like, honestly, I just flew up here from San Francisco. Is there any way you could meet with me and kind of give me a clue as to where this warehouse is. Anyway, so he gives me some directions. Remember, this is before MapQuest or anything. So finally get to him by 530, knock on the door, he answers the door. I'm like, hey, by the way, do you know there's no like number on this warehouse? And they're all like not in sequence. I don't know who put <laughs> these numbers together, whatever. But he said, um, the only way I can meet with you is if you'll uh, – build bookshelves with me. And I said, <laughs> I know how to, I am an excellent bookshelf builder. I had never built a bookshelf before in my life. <laughs> and so I, so he handed me this, you know, the Home Depot special of the, um, the plastic, you know, things that go together. What are they called? Like the, whatever the po you know, you just stick yeah. it together and building them. Yeah. Here's Jeff Bezos. Imagine that, right. He's putting these things together and we're doing it. And finally, I mean, frankly, I'm trying to size them up to see whether or not I should actually partner with this guy because they're gonna, there's going to be some kind of contract. And I keep in the back of my mind, my my goal, my dream was really Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble or Borders. It wasn't Amazon. And so I'm thinking, okay, like, should I really deal with this guy who can't give me an address to the warehouse, but also is making me like build bookshelves with them? And by the way, he's the CEO and he's building bookshelves. I'm, I'm questioning this whole process and i said so why do you think you're like why do you think you can be successful up against these two large companies and he said do you read a lot and i said i do and he said do you ever go to the bookstore and ask the guy behind the counter if he has a recommendation or like you know do you ever do that and i said I think I have. And he said, so what do you, what's your experience there about recommendations and that what the guy behind the counter is giving you? And I said, he doesn't typically know what books I would be 
I would I would want to be reading. Mm-hmm. He said, so the future of book buying is search and recommendations. This is 1996. Wow. So 24 years wow. later, today, obviously this is pre-Google. This is pre, I mean, he was a visionary, right? Mm-hmm. He was th- he was way ahead. And, you know, even though I still have a hard time forgiving him for not giving me like clear directions and not having members in <laughs> his warehouse, right? But there were, I mean, that's a story just as an example of somebody who, I mean, he was just, he was doing it, right? And, and yeah. but it was hard, right? And he was, I mean, 1996, he's talking about recommendations. Like nobody knew how to do that. Today, recommendations is like key, but it's 24 years later, right? Like it's, it's crazy. And so that's what I mean about, I'm sure he had doubts, right? I'm sure he had doubters. I certainly was his doubter, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd be the first one to say, like, I'll never forget that conversation. I remember walking out of the warehouse thinking, okay, we're going to do something with this person because he's so freaking smart. I called my husband and he was at Netscape and actually had dealt with Jeff separately on a, a potential partnership. And it, you know, it's interesting because he said the same thing. He said, he's, he's kind of a jerk, but he's really, really smart. And you know, when you meet people like that, that actually say these big statements that get you thinking that allow you to be educated and be, you know, this lifelong learner and your curiosity is like, wow, I never really thought about that. That was that moment. And so I think that there's, um, you know, that to me is, it is just another example of living undaunted. And, but, you know, it wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't what he was talking about was so far ahead of where the consumer was and, you know, certainly where the technology was as well. Um, but he just kept trying and he just kept building. And, and I think that that is, that is where I see, frankly, the, the biggest examples of somebody who's lived undaunted is somebody who, you know, had ideas big and small that they just kept doing things and kept trying and they were willing to build bookshelves. They were willing to, you know, Mm -hmm. I still go as I share with, with whatever young people, new people to our company, I still walk into target and I walk into the background back room as the CEO and pull out cases. I'm not, it's not below me to do that kind of stuff. It's not below me to build a FedEx box and just go and get it done. And even though I'm sure Jeff has plenty of people, my guess is he's probably able to do that too. He probably doesn't do it on a daily basis, but he would if he had to. And I think mm-hmm. that, that is living undaunted yeah. too, that you don't have these boundaries, right? You, you're you curious. You want to just go get stuff done um, in order to just keep moving and keep moving forward. And I think that that is the clear definition of Undaunted. I'm such a huge fan of the book because that's its relatability, but it's taking these concepts. And that story is just, like you said, version two. If you need somebody to read it pre-publication, because I know you're going to do it, put me on the list. Ah. Uh, because it's things like that, right? 
what it does, Jordan and I talk about this all the time, and I'm a huge believer in this, is that it's the commitment to the vision. It's the belief in the vision. And just doing what it takes to make progress, even when you can't see progress. I'll just give a very quick story. I used to be a Division One athlete. Uh, I used to run track out at Oregon. And I remember my coach telling me, the thing is, you need to be ready for the journey. It's going to be hard. But the thing is, is you're going to train, 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 do all these things, commit, and you're not going to see progress. You might not see progress. And all of a sudden, one day, you're going to go out, and you're going to drop a huge number. You're going to do really well. You're going to see this vast improvement. But the improvement came from having the vision, getting that plan, executing on it, being undaunted in the execution of that, and just that consistency and belief. And then what's going to happen is you drastically improve your chances of succeeding, of achieving success, however you define it. And I think that, you know, a lot of times it comes down to doing what needs to be done to make that progress. And it comes down to commitment. And the reason, the reason why I really like your book and and I'm a huge advocate for is because the stories, while they definitely have an entrepreneurial slant to it, I see them as being applicable to anybody because all of us, you know, all of us are the CEOs of our lives. Right. And that, the concepts that you're talking about, they have vast applicability because it's about a mindset. It's that, hey, we're going to hit these roadblocks. But again, you need to be undaunted. You need to be you know, persistent. You need to just keep moving forward. You know, um, to, kind of on that note, you know, uh, if there was one piece of advice you would give anybody looking to create either the career and or life that they want. I know you've got a lot in the book, which I encourage people to go get, but right here, right now, what would be that one piece of advice that you would give them? Yeah, I think just recognize that if you don't try, you never can sort of make your life, your dreams come true. And and I, I've always had this issue with the, the concept of, you know, forget about your past, because I really feel like we can gain a lot of strength from looking at things that we've come through, whether they're, you know, positive things or real challenges. And so that for me is, is probably part two of that as well is don't be afraid to sort of give yourself a pat on the back for, you know, tough stuff that you've been through, even 2020 for people, right? Like that's like, you know, we're getting through this, right? And and I mean that truly. It's I think everybody's had varying challenges along the way, whether it's your business or your personal situation, or it. You know, I think that it's something to really celebrate. And um, and so I would say that that would be the biggest pieces of advice is don't be afraid to do that, um, and look back on sort of where you've come from and what you've accomplished, and and just go try. I love it. I absolutely love it. So if people want to find out more information about you, where should they go? Where are the best places to go learn more about you? Yeah. So, um, so the book, I pretty much, I'm an open book in my book, I think more <laughs> than anything, um, very uh, uh, transparent in it. And it's called Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. I'd, I'd love for you to order it. Uh, Amazon is probably the easiest, although there's plenty of Lots of booksellers that are also Barnes and Noble and lots of local book booksellers as well. And then there's a little bit more about me at Kara Golden with an I and it's karagolden.com or all over social media at the same, um, same handle. So yeah, so that's it. And definitely come by and say hi and, and uh, join in a lot of the conversations that I'm having with people too, because that's, 
that's, uh, that's where we all learn. I love it. Yeah. For the readers, we'll put the uh, link to the book in the comments. Uh, if you like this, please go leave us a review of this episode. I think you're really going to, you know, I think hopefully you got a lot out of this and also uh, Kara's book is amazing. Go get that. Uh, Kara, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom and expertise and experience. Um, we, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you guys have a great rest of the week. Indeed. And to the listeners, make it a great day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today on another episode of Transformation Nation. Please take the time to connect with both of us, reach out through our social channels, and start taking those first steps towards not only transforming yourself, but empowering everyone to become who they want to be. Until next time, this is Jason and Jordan. Go dominate, my friends.